The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Empower yourself and get inspired to build the life of your dreams. Welcome to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. I am super excited to have you join us today while we explore a life of peace. Every day, peace defined as wholeness, completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken, totality. Yes, that's available today, even with COVID-19 and all of the other mysteries of the world. Can you even imagine right now in this space, Living in a place of peace, wholeness, completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken, totality. And I'm here to tell you, yes, it's possible. Yes, you deserve it. And yes, you can have it. We work together on this show to bring you the topics and the guests to partner with you as you create your life of peace every day. And today's no exception. Listen, I know with everything that's going on, this is a time of heightened uncertainty, anxiety, fear. People are asking the question, what if, what, what if? And there's no answer, there's no clear cut answer. But there is a source that is not surprised by this. We in our humanness are surprised, but we're not unsupported. We're not unsupported. It's it's so important that we remember that and we stay in that place, even with our questions. It's okay to have questions. It's okay to have questions and to be frustrated when those answers don't come in a timely manner. In the midst of all that, we go back to the source, we ground ourselves, we get ready for round two of whatever it is. It's This is life, right? After this, there'll be something else. It probably won't be as major as this, but this is the cycle of life. And who knows that better than our elders? Right? They've lived through so much. No, they've not lived through COVID-19 before. The coronavirus and this magnitude is new. But our elders are not surprised when hard times or challenges, trials and tribulations, they've got a lot of experience with that. So I'm happy today to bring you our guest, Nana Kwabena Brown. 
Nana Kwabana Brown has a lot of titles and a lot of adjectives, and I want to get them all right. African traditional spiritual priest. He's a father, a son, an anthropologist, consultant, educator, instructor, trainer, and coordinator. He is respected as a healer and a counselor. Nana Kwabana Brown is the chief priest and founder of the Temple of Namwe. I know I said that wrong. He's going to correct me. <laughs> Nana Kwabana studies the of religious and spirituality have taken him from the esoteric to the metaphysical to the scholastic realms of knowledge. He is with us today to share about African spirituality, words from our ancestors, wisdom from our elders. He is what I will call today, Balm in Gilead. Wow. Robin Brown, Nana Robin Brown, welcome to the Everyday Peace Show. Thank you so much. Yvonne, that is a wonderful, wonderful introduction. I, I, I'm, I'm flattered, and I totally appreciate it. I really do. So I'm, I'm very happy to be on your show. Um, um, it's, 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 it's an honor to share, and it's um, really as we move along in life and we uh, learn certain things or gain certain kind of understandings, we actually have a responsibility and a mandate to share to help others to, you know, get more uh, fullness, completeness, balance, harmony within their lives. So I'm, I'm happy to, to share with you today. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be here too. And I love that you say you have a mandate to share. I believe that too, that our life is not just about us. Yes, we are the key player. We got a major role but it really is about leaving a legacy of knowledge and wisdom for the next generation. So with that being said, we're here today, we're gonna to talk about a lot of things, but I love to speak a word of wisdom as we go through our day and our time together regarding the coronavirus and the heightened fear and anxiety that many people are feeling. You know, I had the opportunity to talk to some senior citizens this weekend in preparation for our time together. And one of the things that kept coming up is this heightened sense of nervous energy about every symptom that has occurred in their bodies since We've been talking about the coronavirus. Yeah. So I encourage them to tune in to, to tune in today because it's great to hear from the CDC and the health uh, critics and everyone who's out there, health educators. But it's sometimes more soothing and comforting to hear from someone who's sitting in the same seat where you are sitting. So with that being said, 
we're gonna we're gonna do a, a lot of things today. We're gonna we're gonna talk about um, African spirituality. You're gonna give okay. us some knowledge about this, and then we're gonna tie it into this COVID nineteen. So let's just jump in at the very beginning. When you talk about African spirituality, what are we talking about exactly? Well, when we talk about African spirituality, we're talking about that um, approach to spirit and to the um, the belief and the uh, and understanding and lifestyle that spirit is primal, that everything evolves from spirit. <clears throat> and uh, one way to understand it is if you think of spirit as energy, then we know that everything evolves from energy. Uh, the great uh, scientist, philosopher, uh, Albert Einstein, says that E equals MC squared. You know, that, that what we call mass is really just energy slowed down. Everything is essentially energy. When we say when we talk about spirituality, we're saying the same thing. We're saying that everything is essentially spirit at different levels and rates of vibration that manifests itself in physical form. And I believe that the uh, the, the the fundamental aspect of life um, and reality of life is spirit, and of course that we are spirit. We as human beings, we are spirit. And that, that we, um, as we talk about spirituality, it's our pursuit to understand that part of us which is spiritual, or as we might say, from God, from God Almighty. And that's that, that's the pursuit. And living in harmony and peace with everything else within our environment, it also is a manifestation on some level of spirit. And so yeah, that's... So what I, that's I'm sorry, I'm sorry go, ahead. go ahead. Go right ahead. No, and so so um, when we say African spirituality, and we're talking about the the ways of life, the ways of thinking, the ways of educating, the ways of uh, identifying and classifying knowledge and wisdom and understanding that's found in the continent of Africa that relates to spirit being primary. And spirit and uh, our relationship and understanding of ourselves as spiritual entities being primary. And along with that would be the acknowledgement of the spirituality of every other human being with whom we come in contact. That they are a physical entity, however, their reality is that they are a spiritual entity having a physical experience, which we call mortality of life. And of course, it puts a different spin on things because when we see ourselves as divine and when we see others as divine, then we are we are mandated to deal with them in a different kind of way. And so the majority of Africa is, is very communal. It is very, very spiritually based. It's very much, if you find an African who doesn't believe in God, um, you have to look far and wide for that. And as you get into traditional Africa, and that is Africa that is held on to, to the tradition, which predate Christianity, which predate Islam, then you see the traditions which are really based upon um, the, the the necessity and the need to be educated to 
and understand spirit. Let me give an example. Amongst the Bantu people in the central and southern part of Africa, and of course, you know, Africa is not a country. It's a huge continent with many, many people. But as we get into the southern part of Africa, uh, to the Bantu, um, there's a particular book that I suggest and recommend for all those who are listening. It's called, the title of the book is uh, Bantu Philosophy. It's written by a, um, a, uh, a, a Flemish priest, a, uh, a priest from Belgium, and his name is Plessy Temples. It's a very, very small book. But one of the things he puts in the preface of his book is that I came to the Congo, I came to Zaire to teach these people about God. And what they taught me about spirituality is huge and overwhelming. And the thing that he noticed is that for the Bantu, the very basic principle of their, their, their reality, their sense of being, is the word into, N-T-U, which means life force, spirit, energy. Everything derives from into. As a matter of fact, the word for person amongst the Bantu is M into or Muntu. M into or Muntu, which means a person. And the core of that word, Muntu, of course, is into. We're saying at the center, at the core, at the seed of every human being is spirit. Then, of course, they refer to as the Bantu. And so Bantu means the collective that is uh, undergirded by and has it as ultimate kind of essence, spirit. So that's 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 what you find there. It's just a it's an unbelievable uh, thing. I think I think spirituality, spirituality, wherever you find it. Uh, I emphasize African spirituality because of the uh, the denigration of Africa as being a place without philosophy, without spirit, um, without any kind of concept of God, what have you, and uh, investigation. And uh, scholarship proves it's ex- exactly the opposite. And, of course, to see temples at the turn of the century went, stayed there, and was just amazed about how deep their concept of spirit happens to be as the foundation of everything, of a man is M into a Muntu. The people are called So what I, and I want to just jump in here for one second, because what I hear you saying is, you know, man, man is spirit having a physical experience, right? Yeah, uh-huh. And I, I can't think of the gospel song, but I actually have it in my in my phone, in my Apple phone. But, you know, having a spiritual experience, and I think most, most people would accept that, is that whether you follow African spirituality or Christianity or any other, is that we are beyond our flesh and bone. We're, de- we're not just flesh and bone. There is a there's a real self. The flesh and bone represent the clothing that the spirit wears, so to speak. And and that's comforting. That is comforting to to know that that we are part of our whole of a much bigger source than just our bodies. 
have, having that knowledge base and, and having it rooted in different cultures, how do you think that helps people or would help people if we, if we acknowledged it more, would help us dealing with um, the stress? Well, I would say by acknowledging that we're all sisters and brothers on this planet Earth, all endowed with the same into or spirit, that uh, we are we're interconnected, interrelated. We're we're a part one of another, and therefore has always got to be given loving concern and respect it it affects our relationships we don't see us as uh, as uh, as the them and us situation matter of fact this virus mm. is really not that down there is no them and us <laughs> there's just human beings who are being um affected in a very very large way by this virus and uh yeah in many ways think, the virus is huh? a, a reminder of that isn't it because it is not a respecter of gender or social economic status, ethnicity. It is across the board equally distributed, if you will. It it's, is it's across the board equally distributed. And uh, yeah. it, it's brought us to that. It really has brought us to that. And uh, you know, I think that when we when we when we follow the concept of of into life force spirit being at the core of our humanity and our being, and that into the life force of into or spirit being in everything, then we're we're forced to love and have regard for every living person and every living creature, realizing that their divinity and our divinity are the same. All the same. And you know, I, I like that right there because that is one of the things that I see right here is this what we should be doing is seeing the divinity in each and every one of us through in these during this very difficult time period. We can see <clears throat> the vulnerability in each and every one of us. There is no external shield, if you will, that separates us. Right, we are all this humanness. We are all this spirit, clothed in humanness. I guess is a better way to say it. But it it should be drawing us together to say, you know what? Hey, we're we're all the same. We're all cut from the same cloth. We all come from the same root. So this sense of togetherness could be something that is, if we allow it, could be something beautiful that settles after all the dust settles and we come to this re- realization that we are all one. We're all one. Right. There's only one race, the human race. <laughs> mm-hmm. So here we are. We're talking we're talking about African spirituality, but more more than that, we're talking about the influence of love on a culture. Right. And the examples that the elders have to give us that really what you said earlier is that loving relationships 
the only answer. Yes. The only answer. So how do we how do we get to that? How do we get to these loving relationships? Or how do we express this love when people are so heavy with fear? Um we have to talk about it. We have to look at the examples of Dr. King, of Malcolm X, and others, you know, who who really, uh, and then it, you know, those guys didn't live very long. I don't think either one of them lived to see 40. But, but by their 40th birthday, they realized the, the importance of love. Love translates as uh, justice and fairness. Um, and that uh, it was important to encourage people's minds um, in that direction. And, uh, you know, because uh, fear distorts reality, it separates us, it can begin to get us to think that somehow we're not related or connected to other human beings on the planet. And it's so very, very important that each of us be a preacher-teacher. We don't have to really maybe verbally teach, but verbally verbally teaching also. But in our actions and the way that we interact with folks and the way that we will um, comment to them or guide them with our, our words, our actions, our deeds, is to move towards this sense of uh, balance and fairness and oneness. I started to say equality, but uh, I've, I'm not going to say equality. I'm going to say oneness. It's not so much being equal. It's being one from one source, you know. And I think that uh, I think that many of our, those who preceded us have taught that, and I think that we have to be bold enough to live it, and to teach it, and to talk it, whenever the opportunity presents itself. We're one. We breathe the same air. The planet that we live on is just one planet, and she provides the oxygen that all of us breathe. She provides the water that we all drink. <laughs> And she provides the medicine that all of us hopefully will be able to discover to, to heal some of the ailments that are here. Yeah. Right, and I, I, I love you. Way. You said we're all preacher teachers. I have this expression that I use and I remind myself of frequently is that I play the role of teacher-student all day long. So, And it goes back and forth. You know, You show up to teach and you come out of that having learned something about something if you're open to it. And that really is our journey here in life. That the balance of this is that we will share the wisdom that we've had through all the experiences that we had. And it's not always with our words. It's a lot of times it's with our actions, but you know, and how we display love, how we display patience and just this overall sense of kindness. And I've seen a lot more of that during this um, COVID-19. I've, I've experienced more humanity from people, even strangers, than what I've experienced in the past. And I know sometimes in the worst of situations, bring out the best in people. Yes, it does. Uh, I noticed that first, well, most recently when the uh, the floods came down in Louisiana. I remember. Uh, you know, the hurricane and the floods that came down there. 
And all of a sudden, everybody was trying to rescue every other human being, you know? Realized that we were all, we're, you know, we were all as a, as, a, as a species being affected. And it's unfortunate that it takes a catastrophe like uh, uh, Katrina or like this virus to make us realize that we are all human beings, you know, and that uh, the, 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 uh, the diminution or the, um, the, the, the downfall of one of us is the downfall of all of us. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, so, if you look at the real things around the world, pretty much this is what essentially they're saying. We're all members one of another. We are. Yeah, we are. And this is so, the African philosophy. When you talk about spirituality, you talk about religion. In your mind, is there a separation between the two? Yes. What would that be? Well, uh, religion um, is uh, religion is a behavior. It's a behavior. Um, I have a wonderful teacher. He's gone now. His name is John Eubanks from the Harvard University Divinity School. He's one of my mentors, and he was just very brilliant. Um, and he and another of my professors, Dr. Rina Karika Smart. They really said that, they very pointed out that religion is a behavior. You know, it has its creeds, it has its doctrine, et cetera, and it may have a God, and it may not have a God. But what makes it a religion is the fact that there's certain rituals, dogmas, and creeds which are followed. And the example that was given was the Soviet Union, which in the 50s and 60s was an avowed atheistic country. Oh, uh, you know what? Uh, Providence, I hear the theme song coming, indicating that we're going to take a brief, brief break and we're going to come back and talk about the difference of spirituality and religion and how it can be instrumental in helping to bridge the, the ways of faith during COVID-19. Okay, very good. All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Create and build the life of your dreams. Welcome back to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Welcome back to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. We are here today with Nana Kwabana. He is an elder in the community in our nation's capital. He is a, a spirituality historian, if you will. Um, there are so many things that we could say to describe him. And in this moment right here, we're really talking about the usage of our elders and the wisdom that comes with both the practice of spirituality, and I'm going to say religion too, um, that can help us get through, with flying colors, if you will, through the COVID-19 season of our life. And just before the break, we were talking about the difference between religion and spirituality. And you were saying that religion deals, you said, with a lot of rituals and dogma and behaviors, right? And I just want to say that sometimes in this moment, uh, I am a big believer in spirituality and, and that journey too, but sometimes 
the practice of doing something, especially when you're in heightened anxiety, sometimes the practice of doing something helps to soothe you. I was writing an article this weekend, and I had a memory of a song that used to be played or sang in a Pentecostal church that I used to attend as a child. And just that memory was so pleasant and you know, just soothing and comforting. And although I, I, I totally understand that's not spirituality, that's a practice, that's a ritual, that's that's part of the um, process of religion. But, I, you know, everyday peace, I believe in using everything that shows up in your life, the good, the bad, and in between, absolutely everything to help you reach, consciously reach your next level of greatness. And in this moment, for a lot of people, their next level of greatness is a sense of peace, a sense of wholeness. So these are all great things to have, even when we're not dealing with the coronavirus, but a sense of belonging and a sense of safety, that there will always be questions. There will always be questions. We are all provided for by the universe. Everything has a beginning and an end. That's really difficult to hear in this time. I know for me yesterday I learned that a dear friend of mine lost a family member to complications with the coronavirus. And in that moment, just to sit with that and say, okay, you know, if you have a belief that is grounded in something, you realize, or in some principles that is, you realize that everything that comes, has a time when it will leave, and that goes for us too, and, you know, butterflies and bees and everything. There's a season. Right? To, to all things, there's a season. I can't remember what song that was. But it is part of the journey. It is part of the journey. Does it make the process any easier? But it does in some way, at least for me, provide a sense of comfort to know that there are some things in my past and my religious practices that can bring me to some bring to comfort the flesh, if you will. What do you think about that, Nana Kwabana? Well, it's very true. I mean, one of the um, the benefits of religious practice is the uh, the thing that it helps us as uh, as human beings, Homo sapiens sapiens, to feel comforted and a part of a group. Um, the, the root for religion, uh, religio, means to bind together. It's to bind together, to give a sense of comfort, belonging, to bind together, a sense of wholeness, um, a sense of belonging. And mm. uh, so, you know, and that's why people, how people pick churches. People go to church and they don't feel as though they, they can be a part and uh, be accepted and uh, be received and, uh, you know, uh, feel welcome and comfortable. Um, that's a church either they'll go to or they won't go to. And there's a lot of uh, religious behavior, which I think is programmed into our genes. I think religious behavior, I believe, is programmed into our, our genes that we do things which are ritualistic. Not only do we do things which are ritualistic, but we do things um, which are based upon beliefs. That's so much hard-earned fact or or um, research, but a part of our belief, and beliefs are very, very powerful. And they give us yes, a sense of comfort. Yes, they are very powerful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Give us a sense, a sense of comfort. comfort. And, but, you know, when you were saying that, you know, I was, as you were saying, how we pick churches and how we do this, what I what I would like to see is that we use the principle that you started off with 
and is love, to let love guide us. Because sometimes I have seen that religions, religious practices are, um, can cause division amongst people, uh, feeling this group over here or that group over there. And that's definitely, in my mind, not the intent. Um, it is unites a certain people with their beliefs, but it should not be a hierarchy like, oh, if you don't believe this, then you're not, you know, I don't know, part of the sacred circle, for lack of a better term. I would like us to see, um, I would like to see religion be something that brings us together and bounds us with love, especially during these times, always, but especially during these times that we'll be using the love component and remembering that in all things is to practice love. Well, I I agree, and I think it's 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 a uh, it's a uh, certain kinds of uh, problems or tragedies like Katrina or this virus that make us really begin to relate to one another in a positive way and in a dependent and interdependent way. We realize that we need each other, and of course, uh, in in succumbing to or in uh, surrendering to that need for each other. Of course, at the at the at the at the root of that is is love. You know, you realize that you're you're just one species. Well, spirituality um, can be found in religion. However, many people who are not involved in a religious group or ideology are extremely spiritual because they believe that spirit, energy, energy, spirit, God is behind and with everything. Even though they may not proclaim a denomination or religious affiliation, spirituality is our identification that spirit is primary. Spirit is the essence and the source of all things. And then one step after past spirituality is mysticism. And mysticism is a desire to connect and be one with God, the creator by whatever name that we happen to use for it. So one can be religious and be spiritual and mystical, and one can be mystical and really not be particularly involved with a particular religious order or denomination, but sees all life as, as, a, as a, an extension or a part of spirit and seeks to be one with the God of their understanding. That's the difference. Everybody that's religious is not necessarily of that belief that everything is spirit, Everybody that's religious is not necessarily um, seeking to be one with the God of the universe, the God of heaven and earth. They have their commandments, they have their doctrines, et cetera, but it's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. Right. I I appreciate that the the differences in those definitions um, greatly because I know a lot of times people, or this was a while back, used to get offended when people would say, oh, they were spiritual and not religious. But ultimately, I believe the goal is to to recognize the spirit within the flesh, which would, you know, we all studied that in many, many religions, that, you know, it is the spirit and that we are enclosed in the flesh. So ultimately, you would believe that a lot of religions would, would lean towards the acceptance of spirituality, but be that as it may, and with, with with the with the differences there, I still see an opportunity for us as a people to come together during this time of um, 
coronavirus and practice some maybe for lack of a better term, maybe some generic practices that could be soothing. We could call them, you know, maybe they're not necessarily of a particular denomination. You know, I talk about prayer all the time. And and when I do my posts on social media, I usually refer it to conversations with the universe, you know, because people look at prayer in, in different ways. But prayer is just a conversation where you do more listening. As, as you mature, you do more listening than speaking. And then it really becomes a meaningful conversation. But um, in in your practices at, with African traditional spiritual as a spiritual priest, what are maybe a few things that people could do? Um, practices or just activities they could do to de-stress during this season of the unknown. You know, I, I was working today and heard about a. a I work in a hospital and heard about some cases miles and miles away from my home, but the outbreak of coronavirus, and I could see the panic in my staff. And, you know, and what are some things that people could do maybe um, to just help to bring their anxiety level down, increase their sense of safety, even in the midst of the unknown? Well, um, prayer. Prayer, and uh, in addition to prayer, meditation. Somebody told me once that mm-hmm. prayer is, is, it is we, human beings, um, talking to God, and, med- and meditation is God talking to us. And so I, I, would, I would encourage, I do both, I pray and I meditate. And uh, the meditation part is leaving yourself open to what God is guiding you to do um, in terms of personal safety, um, universal precautions, and, and and being obedient. I think many of us, through meditation, um, God connects with us. I think the challenge for many of us is really breaking habits and breaking ways of doing stuff that uh, that have become habits. But meditation and listening, and then after listening, uh, obediently following what it is that God is bringing to us through our, our minds and our intuitions. You know, which might be, don't go out today. Or remind so-and-so, no, we're not, we're not hugging, we're not, we're not shaking hands. Or telling people, no, I'm afraid I can't come to your meeting because there's going to be more than 10 people there. You know, so meditation is God talking to us. Uh, what I've come to uh, believe is prayer is us talking to God. And it's a little, this, this is a difference, I think. Oh, I, I like that. Meditation is allowing God to talk to us. Prayer is yeah. us talking to God, and I've always, yeah. you know, there's there is some great relief I think that I feel when I do talk, but I feel more comforted when I listen. So I think that really helps to uh, put it in perspective. Meditation is God talking to to us. So I, I know you believe, and and many of us uh, believe that there is um, there is comfort in the sense of history, I find it comforting because I know that if there was a history, there must have been a success somewhere along those lines or, you know, no one would be here to tell that history. But what is what is there in African spirituality or religion that can help people of different ethnicities and cultures to have better, fuller lives? One, acknowledging and respecting the presence of God by whatever name that you use for the Supreme Being. 
true honoring and respecting and remembering one's ancestors. Three, um, acknowledging and utilizing the spiritual entities which are the children of God, which God has created to be our helpers, which you may call angels, you may call deities, you may call them Abbasun, you may call them Arisha, but they are those um, aspects of those creations of God, of God's children that don't have physical bodies. And uh, to understand that that's the way the universe is ordered, that's the way God orders the universe. And that if we if we follow that formula of, of always God first, second, acknowledging our ancestors and know that from the spiritual world, they seek to guide us and will guide us and always try to guide us and move us in the right direction. And then being aware of the spirits that God has created, angels, um, divas, whatever you want to call them, Abbasum, Arisha, whatever you want to call them, that God created to um, oversee various aspects and points uh, within the universe and within nature that were created to assist us in getting past the exigencies of life so we can focus on the one purpose that all of us have, which is the mission that we all have, which is to become one with God. And that's the essence of uh, African religion. It's the uh, essence of Native American religion. Um, and it's the basis of many um, religious and spiritual practices around the world. So. Yeah, it really is. And when, when you were talking, I was just thinking, you know, uh, I I grew up in a traditional African American church, and but when I went away to college, I, I attended Catholic, you know, churches with my friends and Protestant churches, and and throughout my life, and and then also when I was growing up, I also went to New Age New Age thought churches, and I've always seen such similarity. Maybe the you know, and I, I love how you broke down the religion versus spirituality versus mysticism, but maybe the the rituals were different, but when I really analyzed the concepts that they were teaching, it was basically the same concepts with different terminology. And, and I love that because I, I think all of that, too, points to the fact that we are one. We, you know, we we are cut from the same cloth. We, we come from the same root. And then, we you know, we grow up like a beautiful tree and then some, you know, call it by this name or call it by that name. But the root the foundation is still the same, and I absolutely love that. I think everything points to this love and this kindness that we should have for each other, if if indeed we have it for ourselves. And that leads me into my next point about for our conversation today is as an elder, as a person who's doing the counseling and, and teaching, I'd like to speak to this period of using this period to become more aware of, more in love with ourself in a genuine sense, not an egotistical love, but a genuine organic love that would enhance our relationship with others, with the universe, um, really to be this time period to learn how to love each other, learn how to love ourselves so we can better love each other. What words of advice do you have about that? Well, um, I would just say amen to it. Um, our survival as a species is really going to be, you know, different kinds of ways of interacting, 
you know, aggressiveness and male-dominated kinds of thinking have got to go to the wayside for a more balanced kind of way of, uh, I would say, assertiveness um, and uh, a raising force of women like yourself um, and others who were on the, uh, the Democratic ticket for a while um, to really, really uh, uh, bring forth the female energy the female source, the female vibration of uh, harmony and peace. And for we men, we are those of us who are male, um, uh, uh, by birth, by gender, to allow ourselves to seek balance with the female energy, which is less about aggression and less about sending our children off to war. If women were in charge, they would be sending their, their sons off to war. That's somebody right. who ain't carried in that belly for nine months, almost a year. It's, easy, it's easier for a man to do that. Yeah. I love so the fact that you said... will make a big difference. Yeah, I love the fact... And that's not something you hear a lot every day, is saying that you believe that we need less aggression and less male-dominated... Um, Energy, I'll say energy. I think anyone would say that, oh, yes, we need less aggression. But a lot of times, you know, I'll hear people say, you know, um, that the feminine energy is too weak. It's it's not uh, sustainable to live in that place. And I and I believe that balance is the answer to everything. But I do agree that we're we're not balanced. We are more male dominated in our energy as as a as a nation. Right, and that has some very positive aspects to it because you know that that type of energy goes out and it and it, and it uh, is adventurous and creates new forms of just survival and this and that. But that feminine energy is strong and steady and harmonious and peaceful, and I a lot of that. I know we have these pockets of, of fear that look like anger and aggression, but I, I'm see, sensing a lot of feminine energy coming up during this time period. And this, you know, it's very confusing for people, but they're going back to this safety cocoon, if you will. And maybe that's with the self-quarantine and the curfews that have been in place, but I'm seeing this return maybe to the softer, more humane side. Now, would you say that um, fear, this type of fear, where it's across the country, across the world, could result in something like that? Well, it's going to take balance. It's going to take balance. Um, Certainly, you all who can carry a, a, a baby inside of yourself for nine months Certainly are not the strong, uh, the, not the weak part of our species. There's not, a, there's not a part in any man's body that I know of where he would be willing or able to carry an eight-pound baby inside of himself for nine months. You know, so there's a tremendous strength that's just within the female uh, physical form. But the, but the aspect of the female, which is compassion and love and caring, um, which would be more about conciliation as opposed to conflict. It's very, very important to um, to get that. A case in point, they just uh, they just took the uh, 
the commission away from this guy, um, this uh, uh, admiral. No, was, I think it's admiral captain of this of the uh, yes, Missouri. Because yeah. he did something in their sight which was unmanly. You know, that's insane. His compassion for his men was considered to be um, uh, out of, you know, irregular, uh, wrong, out of order. You know, the macho thing would have been, I guess, to tell a lie and put up a front. He didn't do that. And because he showed compassion and caring, um, his commission was taken from him. Because of the of the uh, mentality that rules this country and much of the world, I will say that in Africa, um, so much of the religious practices evolve around uh, maintaining a balance between the female and the male within an individual, and the female and the male as um, physical forms, bodies, persons within a community and society. So much of African religious spirituality. Is about bringing about that balance within an individual and bringing it about between and amongst members within a society, a village, or a culture. And that, that, that kind of way of thinking um, has been disrupted and corrupted by the intrusion of Western and um, Asian thought into Africa. But so much, so much. Uh, of, of, of traditional African religion is about the balance between females and males within a particular person, a particular individual, balancing his or her female and male energy, and then for harmony and peace within the home and within the village, um, within the, the compound, the harmony and balance between the males and the females. That's a very important thing for us to really take a look at. It's unfortunate, but the more we have become more westernized, or people in Africa become more westernized, the more they've gotten away from that. that. Right. Well, you know, uh, well, here is the fortunate thing that I'm seeing with that, and I, I did hear about the Admiral as well, uh, but one of the most for, more fortunate things I'm seeing is is um, this balance, this balance of uh, energy. And I believe it is, you know, the self-quarantine, the going back and spending more time with each other. Because if there's one thing that I, that I'm coming away from our time together here, we're we're nearing to our close. But hearing from an elder is the thing, you know, these three ingredients that we need <laughs> that we need to weather this part of our, our our history, our life, and come out of this even better than what we went in is. Time with the Creator, prayer and meditation, and also the sense of love. And I think when you have time with the Creator through prayer and meditation, an offshoot of that organically is increased love, increased love and kindness of self and of others and appreciation. And then this balanced energy, knowing that as significant as you are, whether you are more male energy or more female, feminine energy, it, we need balance to make this work. We need to be able to hear and to be heard, to speak and to be spoken to so that we can have this balanced energy. It is not the, you know, a sense of hierarchy. It's balance, which is what is going to take us into the new world and have us to be very, very successful there. But 
not just financially successful, successful in our relationships and in our health, what I call the big three, health, wealth, and relationship. Nana Kwabana, it has been a pleasure having you on the show. We have about two minutes left. I would like to ask you, is there anything going on in our nation's capital that you are involved in that you would love to share with our people? We know that you are, with our listeners, I know that you are in the Washington, D.C. area and are heavily involved in the community there. We have about one minute. Okay. I do online church services every Sunday at 10 o'clock on my Facebook page, which is Bukor, B-U-K-O-R, B as in boy, U as in uncle, K as in Kevin, O as in Oliver, R as in Robert, Bukor, non-equivalent, 10 o'clock every Sunday morning. Um, and we're just about out of time. I will, I will post it on our social media. You've been listening to one of our elders of our nation's capital, Nana Kwabana. It has been a pleasure. Thank you for being an everyday peacemaker. We'll talk to you next Monday. Thank you. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Life is hard, and sometimes you need a little help and guidance. I'm Laura West, host of a Guided Life podcast, and I believe that help is all around us. We just have to ask for it. The universe has a way of guiding us forward with the help of our past loved ones, angels, spirit guides, and ascended masters. On the podcast, I love to explore these ideas with incredible guests and let people know that they are never alone. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you can join me on this journey. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm network and wherever you get your podcasts.